conventional time to make a discourse again, but actually we have had one. Al although it was the second half from yesterday, but it extended itself for over one hour. So um, I thought, however, to maybe um, kind of, I don't know whether I should say clarify a few things. Actually, it has something very much to do with um, what, we, what we did this afternoon and what we do all the time, really. I called this um, accepting oneself. That is a great uh, aspect um, in, uh, um, under the great, um, in, in that field of what we would call correct and right understanding. The Buddha um, stressed that very much. It is the very first uh, uh, link in the Eightfold Path which means that is the real teaching which we should follow in, in the single links, in the um, eight, eight links which are given to us. They are, they are guidelines and we are to follow those. The first one is correct understanding, right understanding, and, um, which we can develop in conjunction with all the other seven. In the beginning, correct understanding is very low. It's, very, it's sometimes mo or mostly accidental. And um, so, because of that, we cannot come back to that. It is... Um, so here in this practice, we develop systematic, systematically uh, through the development of mindfulness, co correct understanding. Developing mindfulness, be able to see ourselves in terms of the, um, what is true here. So, there is, n <coughs> and one aspect that would be under that would fall the correct understanding of the law cosmic law of cause and effect, and the cosmic law of impermanence, and um, that life is uh, permeated with dissatisfaction, it's another feature to deeply understand it, and <clears throat> actually because of that, Im of the improving and uh, deeper understanding of just that feature, um, we are doing all the things. Why did you come here? To, to, to reduce your suffering, to lose a little bit of the insecurity and the restlessness and the doubts and the, in, in short, uh, that what I cannot quite understand or accept about myself. Hmm? That's, that's what we have come here. If you have come for anything else, then, then you're in the wrong place. I, I cannot give you anything. I cannot even teach you anything. You have noticed that. I'm not teaching. I'm helping you to investigate yourself, to see yourself. 
Even in the play, outside, we do that. Wasn't that investigation what we did? Or, or exploring, finding out? <clears throat> and to always at our side is what in this process? For more understanding, mindfulness. You see, that's a very simple thing. Why we can't do it, I don't understand. Now, a very, very important thing here is that, uh, that aspect of not being able to accept ourselves, not accepting ourselves. <clears throat> it's a very strange phenomenon. How difficult people, and included, that includes us, find it to love themselves. means also to accept oneself. Love is not identical now with, uh, with this... Uh, um, love we understand between two partners, which is a little bit business-like. If you like me, I like you too. It doesn't have... <laughs> it doesn't have quite that same quality. You see? You cannot say that to yourself. If you love me, I love you too. So it doesn't work. It is a, has a greater, more the aspect of accepting now, that's also difficult to understand. How do I accept myself? I'm living here, you see? Now, very, very, very uh, w words we use for some, some uh, state of being or some uh, uh, qualities of our behavior for which we don't have correct expressions, really, you see? It's un unknown territory. We don't function in this kind of language or in this way with ourselves that we look uh, here and, and observe it. We look outside. We are interested in something else, what we can get from others also. So, and and uh, <coughs> there, there comes in the lack of uh, not accepting. Hmm? I, I, I'm out there. It's maybe there. They talk about it. I can find it there. Hmm? Something. My next relationship. Somewhere it must be. They all say so. And so I start looking. And that means I, I really abandon myself. That means I'm not accepting myself, I would say. Yeah, so, so in that, that sense. So, it's really strange that we cannot do that and that we are uh, so finding it so difficult to accept ourselves or to love ourselves or to love the people cannot love themselves. So in this sense you must understand love, accepting and being kind and maybe uh, uh, concerned and contemplative and so on. <clears throat> about ourselves. Yeah, and that we cannot do it is rather strange, isn't it? Living this, <clears throat> one, on the, on, on the other hand, one would think it is the easiest thing to do. Because we are constantly actually uh, with us, and without this we cannot live and do anything, and we actually constantly are concerned about ourselves but not quite in the right way, apparently. Somewhere something is not quite right. 
Yeah, and we also express enormous interest in how much we can get. <laughs> Not true? And how well I can perform it, and how good I can do it, and how comfortable it can become to me. Isn't it true? Aren't we concerned about it? And there's nothing wrong with it, only a little. <laughs> Buddha himself said, uh, oneself is dearest one to oneself. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? One would think this kind of difficult job he gave us to be mindful, he had, n n had really not uh, great love for us, <laughs> or he wanted to make us suffer. <laughs> but um, um, he said that, of course, he knew there was a different way of understanding that statement. Besides, it is a translation. So with all that, I ask you, why is it so difficult to actually love oneself? Have you thought about it? Why do you lock yourself all afternoon into the closet and treat yourself like that? You know, people do that. I've done it myself, I know. So, um, loving oneself certainly does not mean <coughs> indulging oneself. You see, that also is very misunderstood. If we don't understand it the right way, we go off right away in another direction, to another tangent. Now I'm going to love myself. I'm really treating myself, you know. And whatever you do, you do really thoroughly. And that is, uh, it inevitably ends up in indulgence. That isn't uh, doing it either. Really, loving is an ad oneself, or loving is an attitude toward oneself that <coughs> most people don't have. Because they just know a few things about themselves, very superficially, and uh, most what they know, somehow, is what is uncomfortable. That somehow we notice, not, nothing else. We're so dulled in our minds that we just notice that when it squeezes and spins uh, uh, and, and, and stings and uh, somehow when it, isn't, when it gives discomfort. So, and so what we know about, us, about ourselves is that what I meant in the beginning, <coughs> describing this practice or warning you, the first, uh, what we see is uh, not good news. And uh, here we are somehow forced in a way or invited directly more, and so very little uh, sidetracks, uh, possibilities to slip out are given to us here because we have to sit and I am behind it and tell you what to do. And so we cannot really avoid it to see that, what is uncomfortable and undesirable. At home we have a little bit more avenues to slip off. <laughs> Television is always a good helper. A movie or a new date or, um, um, well, what else, a book sometimes, a candlelight dinner. Always very helpful, helps me out. 
So then the undesirable things cannot come up so much into my consciousness. I sustain, I, I, I kind of butterfly gently over them. Only when I'm alone, somehow it comes up and it scratches me in different areas. And uh, for some, nothing is left than to, as except to plunge into uh, depression. That's a good helper. <laughs> that that uh, relieves us very good, absolutely safe. So, <laughs> that's us. We're very interesting, very interesting creatures. Everybody has innumerable attitudes and reactions. Everybody has an enormous amount of dislikes and at least ten times the amount of likes. And most of all of that, we would be all better off if we didn't have it. <clears throat> and uh, to that uh, kind of melange uh, adds itself judgments and uh, um, critici criticizing attitudes and uh, we come uh, to, to like in that whole um, mixture of attitudes what, we, what is positive on us somehow, we like that and we very much dislike what is uh, very uncomfortable. And uh, and one comes with, um, we already said, to suppressing those aspects of oneself that one is not so very much pleased. And there is a very innate tendency for that, uh, to dislike these uh, uh, not pleasant things. For that there is a great training given, um, the second foundation of mindfulness. There is given us the field of pleasant and unpleasant, the experience of pleasant and unpleasant to make as the basis for our attentiveness. So it's a very, very, very innate uh, reaction and experience in us. We don't even want it, but it is, it is joined to each object for the consciousness. If I see there is an immediately impression, the first impression, after having seen the thing, is either pleasant or unpleasant, or something between which is either or. If I look into the face of somebody, either I have a pleasant impression or an unpleasant one. And um, these two, two uh, um, um, forms these two forms of reactions, which are inevitable. With this we live. As long as we are not aware of them, they throw us quickly, pretty much around. They make a very special dervish dance with us. So, and uh, toward the negative ones, also the unwholesome one, we have very naturally developed this 
this is kind of turning away. We are inclined to not notice it, not wanting to know them and not wanting to acknowledge them. So we do that, what I've described before, just butterfly over them. And that is one way of dealing with, with oneself. But it isn't really very uh, productive or beneficial for really unfolding to what our potential, we say, is detrimental to our growth, really. Now, it's an unskillful way to deal uh, with oneself, with the negative uh, uh, quality, or, um, yeah, the negativities. Another unskillful way is to dislike that part in oneself that appears negative. And uh, by, by disliking, openly disliking it, what happens? We make it worse, we double the, 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 the heaviness of it, and um, um, with it comes also a great amount of fear in and doubt, because we are becoming uh, you know, insecure and there's negativity that scares us. And often fear, uh, with that comes fear and often also uh, aggression. And um, um, without that we understand it, we get really overrun by it. We are afraid, you know, we're not quite behaving well, we know that, we could do better. So I'm afraid I'm not getting, this is natural. Now I get the fear of not being appreciated by my boss enough or my landlady. I'm not quite doing the right thing she likes, so uh, uh, I see that. And uh, if I dislike myself for that, I get more fear. And it doesn't help because I fear her now, she will tell me even more bad about me. <clears throat> and um, I am fe fearful, you know, fear comes in because I'm not in, in smart enough and intelligent enough. I, because I feel I'm, 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 I will not be approved by this, on the, this, by this authority or this friend. So with that comes a great deal of, of separation also in. We separate ourselves from life through that too. Or we are afraid of, of being alone. So by disliking our, our um, naked, our, um, let's say, our weaknesses, so to speak, we worsen the situation and uh, allow fear to come through and often also aggression, doubt also, guilt is also collected here. And um, that is not a skillful way to do that. A balanced way to deal with is, is uh, not uh, um, not useful to pretend it uh, isn't there that unpleasantness and try to to um, kind of understand kind of pretend it isn't existing um, those 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 um, um, un those weaknesses those attitude of aggressiveness or irritableness or uh, sensual uh, tendencies conceded ten tendencies, um, they also bring a lot of fear. So one, uh, the unskillful way to deal with them is 
um, if we pretend they aren't there, we skip over, fly over, and do all kinds of other things to, 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 uh, to cover up. Uh, and through that, we really move away from what really is, from reality, you see, and that is, uh, is not good for the mind. Um, uh, we are uh, splitting off our life from what really is. And one of the real, uh, for that reason, of course, is for this tendency, <coughs> our job is, or the, jo the, the task of mindfulness is <coughs> to come to see clearly the, the things in the way they are. And that means the, what is really true about it, relative to true, but true of this reality we live that puts, if we don't do that, it puts a split into ourselves. And uh, we, we know, we have seen that in us, and we have seen also people like that. They may be totally kind of giving a good, uh, kind of good impression, uh, those who pretend it isn't there, and, and, uh, and uh, skip over and give a good a appearance. Uh, and are very, sometimes you think, oh, it's, they're so beautiful, so nice, it's too sweet, so sweet, too sweet to be true. And, um, um, but you, we have a good nose for that, good sensation somehow. We re realize <coughs> it is, a, this sweetness is a result of pretense or suppression. We may not notice it, but some who have greater sensitivity notice, and you may, however, notice it in yourself. Now, blaming oneself for the weaknesses and um, the things we cannot accomplish and which are making us come, uh, which are um, having, uh, giving us trouble, does not work either. Not pretending works and not um, blaming oneself. In both instances, what do we do? One trans we transfer. Once we transfer our own reactions very much to other people, we begin now to blame others. You see, that is the result for their deficiencies, for their weaknesses, because we have a lot in that, um, of that ourselves. Not having looked into them, into ourselves, we become irritated and very impatient when we see them outside. We kind of in unconsciously mirror something about ourselves. Mm. One becomes uh, so, um, one blames therefore very heavily uh, the uh, um, people who are um, um, expressing their deficiencies or their, uh, their weaknesses, real or imagined. Um, and um, we sometimes even have that arrogant attitude toward those, um, those instances, those people, and just to disregard them or put in more arrogant and super, uh, um, superior attitude on it. So um, it's, it's just wonderful how we act. That is all social interaction, pretending and turning away and giving wrong impressions and blaming others for oneself's deficient, uh, others' uh, other weaknesses because uh, we haven't uh, faced our own 
That's all happening as social interaction. So no matter, no wonder we need a lot of social workers. <laughs> Help out a little. Everyone lives in a very unreal way, in a very unreal world. And that is because we are deluded. We, we delu we, we, our mind isn't clearly seeing. Ego deluded. We, we have here uh, somehow an, something established, ego, which is not wrong. It's, uh, it's not bad, but the, that we, we believe the wrong things about ourselves. So, and, and it comes from this, also from this, very much from this, <coughs> um, this delu dilutedness. <coughs> it's, it's very unreal because it is not looking down, all the way down to where we can see things as in the way they are. Um, and this one especially is, it's because it, it is considered either <coughs> um, very perfect, wonderful, or absolutely terrible. It comes from that attitude. Hmm? And there's nothing between. This is black and white uh, attitude. We all deal with that. Either we want it totally perfect, and uh, um, if it isn't having that standard, then it's terrible. And then we have a great calamity. And um, that is uh, not real because we are not in contact with that reality which the Buddha points out and says within us there are six, uh, six uh, tendencies to look at or six roots which determine all our, our, um, un, yeah, our behavior, our whole samsaric um, um, interaction, our whole life, let's say. <coughs> And there are six roots, I said. They are the roots for all types of consciousness. And so there are three roots for, uh, of good, for good tendencies, out of which all good uh, and positive, um, wholesome attitudes come, and three roots from which all negativity and um, well, unwholesomeness it's often translated as evil things derive, derive or spring. The three roots of good are marked as greed, um, um, I'm sorry, of evil, as greed and hatred and delusion. Remember yesterday, or this morning actually, I talked about the opposite of, um, of, of greed. Um, um, as, uh, as, in, as a domain in which we can train generosity. Hmm? And see, to see that, that was a very conducive attitude and state of being and faculty of the mind, <coughs> ability of the mind for awakening, for opening the door to our potential, to balance, hmm? to wisdom. So, and the, sec the, the three roots of good is the opposite for each one. For greed is generosity, for hatred is metta or kindness, and for delusion is wisdom. You see? Also very much great opposites. And 
Well, let's take a very good interest in this matter that is very helpful for our uh, conduct of life and for our uh, dealing with these. They are in us. That we do, it, and they, it is due our misunderstanding <clears throat> and not, uh, in this case we are talking, um, uh, not able to accept ourselves truly is, is, is due to this not understanding these roots in ourselves. Three roots of good, three roots of evil. Let's take an interest in this matter. So if one isn't so very anxious and grabby and, and so on, one can actually, or is coming on with another judgment and say evil, oh, where are we here landed? What a kind of a teaching is this? Hmm? It's a very bad word. Um, well, let's say wholesome or unwholesome, uh, unwholesome. So if we don't, if we have an open mind to it and maybe try to really investigate, one can really uh, openly uh, or easily accept them in oneself. They are there, and one can also accept them in others more. And we can really, when we begin to look, also realize. And it is really no difficulty at all when one has seen these six roots in oneself. On whatever level, it is helpful. They all, all six, are the underlying roots of everybody's behavior. Then we can look at ourselves a little more realistic. When I now know there are three very basic, uh, three roots uh, of the tree of all unwholesomeness and, uh, and, and uh, um, evil, um, there are three roots and they are living in me. And if there are the roots, there are the branches here too. And it is said that you can do out of those three um, combinations, if we go into their offsprings, into uh, uh, anger and irritability and and uh, hatred, and um, yeah, hatred is, is one notice, and um, frustration and um, envy and jealousy and um, and and so on. If one can one can. M combine 84,000 types of consciousness. So, take it easy. You see, we live with that. It's, it's there. It's realistically, when you can see that, 84,000 defilements. Huh. There is a nun in California has uh, lived in the uh, city of the 10,000 Buddhas and she has combined, composed a song and uh, one of the verses says 84,000 uh, defilements and afflictions and uh, what shall we do? There's nothing else to do than just to cultivate the, 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 the better stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice rhythm. Do you have the tape? We could play it at the end. 
So then we, if we realize that, we, we are a little bit more realistic about it. And this running away, this, this urge we have always, when it's uncomfortable, ooh, where is it? Where is something pleasant? <laughs> Somewhere, you see? So, <laughs> then we give up blaming the situation and putting ourselves always in this search. <clears throat> um, and, and, and uh, give for, for, con- for contentment or for something happy. And then in, in, in this way, realizing that we, we uh, give up blaming ourselves for the unwholesome qualities which are, which are uh, expressing themselves here to our dismay, but rather accept the, uh, their existence within ourselves. That doesn't mean now I, I, I dance with them and be very happy about it. That's another, another extreme. We're just accepting it more clear-sightedly, realistically, and have easier time, of course, in relating to them when they overrun us. They do that quite often. Uh, and that, of course, will dis, uh, uh, disengage ourselves a lot of the so-called uh, um, uh, states of disappointment and uh, we um, and also out of this uh, this this level of living between everything is black or white you know it's it's, it's much easier and either we uh, um, so so that that uh, that tendency goes also down living um, between the uh, these two opposites of everything perfect and everything very unwholesome. Um, you know, such a thing doesn't exist, all perfect. It's the way I want it mostly. I'm expressing that <coughs> very much. I assume it tacitly and sometimes openly, but that doesn't exist, <coughs> whether a situation or a, um, or a person. Just look how hard we tried to make a simple circle. It fell apart all the time. With the best intention, somewhere the mind went off, wasn't present. You must always realize we work with people and they have all this, uh, this tendency. Unwholesome in this case would refer to unattentiveness, you see wasn't anything evil in that sense but uh, in, so and that is happening all the time we want our government to be absolutely perfect well we forget they are human beings and these three roots are in them too there are many opportunities there or chances to kind of hide a few and uh, do something under the table and it it may not uh, and it is uh, coming out uh, at the end it has a very bad effect and we we wonder we expected uh, a total um, perfection so such a person doesn't exist only an arahat could kind of perform that perfection but where are they one speaks we speak about them where are they it is said at Buddha's time there were uh, uh, more than 
uh, half of the population Arahats, but it's a long time, we don't know, really. But, uh, <coughs> so, um, they are everywhere. In this way, we, the, un, the, the, the states of the roots of unwholesomeness in the most noble person or elegant person, um, in the most uh, um, um, kind of un, so-called unwholesome and, and, and uh, ugly person, <coughs> there is also the other one. There are the three roots of good too, of good. You can see it both ways. So we don't really need to detest the world and put ourselves always in this frantic. And it is a, um, so um, it's a, it's a, it's a, in everyone it only differs in different degrees, you see, in which balance they are. In some the unwholesome is overpowering and if there is a, a no ability there to, to sort it out, one gets crushed. The human being gets crushed by these tendencies, by these evil roots. It's there. One can hardly condemn a person like that. These degrees of good and unwholesome, of wholesomeness and unwholesomeness, are very finely tuned and, and they work in interaction with sometimes little difference sometimes m more difference, sometimes the positive is dominating, the negative less. But sometimes it is even-even, uh, and that's also very, very half-half. Um, it is also very hard karma. Uh, then you have to, you, you see half of it is good and half it isn't, and not understanding it is, is another um, state of imbalance. So there is, um, the, so that is a very, a very important to see the, see life in the, in this way, and that is really what really matters, what we really should see that see in in life, that <coughs> um, this uh, the, that this is existing in different degrees, and. Um, that um, matters to to somehow look into it more. As it, so, every one of us has to do a great job to bring a balance into it, huh? and everyone has to do the same job, the same same thing, the same roots to uproot. One says, speaks often to uproot the defilements, the afflictions. Hmm? to uproot the unwholesome ones, is part of the whole practice. So, <coughs> so uh, we, um, Buddha expresses that very simple in another way, in another, on another place. Uh, restrain uh, or um, stop doing evil or unwholesomeness and do good. See, we talk about the same thing, what we talked about yesterday. We never talk about something different. That's a delusion. So um, even the, uh, the same way as you think, they are, we, are all, we, uh, we are all different. But that is a delusion too. We are, we are in a way, but we are not really. 
we all have the same problems with a little difference and everyone has a little different curlicue but actually the same problems they come from the same roots and all also um, we have all the same faculties <coughs> to deal with them think of the wholesome ones they're also there to deal with these unwholesome ones the only difference perhaps is and you could say that yourself is um, the, 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 the degree by which, uh, in which we train ourselves and, and the degree of clarity in the mind in which we are seeing that and now Vipassana meditation is, um, is a great help out it helps us to see all that to see things in the way they are clarity of thinking comes from what? On one level it comes from the purity of, of our emotions, of our mental levels. Much of our mental levels is emotion. What means emotion? Excessively thinking about a problem, a feeling, excessively. There might be um, um, uh, some reason uh, to, to, to emote about it, but very excessively. And that stops, of course, uh, to, to see uh, what is really happening. We get uh, uh, absorbed into it. We're not anymore the observer, like uh, the onlooker of the football game. We are then playing the football game. We have lost to be the, the, the onlooker or the spectator. So that is... Um, uh, in, also because of the intensity of the emotions we had, that's a different job, uh, I'm sorry, that's a difficult job of everybody has to do. And the funny thing is that we really have to do it ourselves and um, it can only be successful when we now seriously kind of begin to look and in the absence of these emotional upheavals. And how can we do that? Well, we have to bring a calm into that first. And again, our, that is um, um, in a way a very s simple, straightforward work. We, uh, but we have to apply mindfulness and attentiveness to that. And, when, uh, and sometimes just actually begin it to whatever level we begin to look at it without mindfulness, just awake a little bit to these excessive uh, up, emotional upheavals and it takes a sting out. So, um, so then the, these attitudes, oh it's also wonderful or it's also terrible, <coughs> is uh, diffusing them itself. We are neither one or the other. Everyone is a human being, we should understand, with all the potential for, for, for the most uh, the highest maturity of our human mind and also with endowed with uh, equal with uh, the obstructions which can really hinder to come to that, uh, 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 to wake up to this potential. Whoever designed us has given us a big task. Why didn't, uh, didn't we get designed without all this, these three roots of evil, huh? Why do we have to, 
to, cha to go into such great training and to bring, in order to bring this whole uh, mentality uh, into, into balance and to purify it, that's we can really say it's another bad word like renunciation, or that sounds too spiritual for some perhaps re, uh, uh, purification or purify. Yeah, this uh, to see it just what it means, the defilements, these three roots which can give the way open, uh, the gate can open the gate to eighty-four thousand different defied states of mind. No wonder that we are also unhappy. Not knowing uh, how they come about and having no, 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 no watcher over them, no authority there. They, they just bring us to the brink. Let us climb the walls. Let us lock into the closet. Let us do all kinds of funny things, extreme ones and less extreme. So, to, to realize that we have the potential and we have also the, 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 the obstructions, all the obstructions possible. Um, so if we can kind of accept that and, 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 and understand that and, and uh, uh, realistically and, and realize that, these difficulties and these tendencies and these faculties in us, then one can uh, more easily accept oneself. One, one can say easily love oneself, be kind to oneself, let go of these high commands and demands and, and, and wishes and desires and what have you. And um, one can be, be more realistically about oneself. And also, in relationship to others, do we lower our standards, our demands, our di disgust, and so on, and become more realistically, and love another more. And that is very useful and helpful for our growing, for our creating harmony, and open the door for wisdom. This, we talk about this either about uh, uh, delusion, that means understanding it wrong, distortedly, or uh, uh, understanding it correctly. And, um, and that means wisely. So uh, if we do uh, now look at this, <coughs> what is in us, and so what the realities are, so it is uh, more, more, more uh, balancing and we can accept ourselves better. But if one makes a break in the middle of it and loves the parts which are only good and, and pleasing me and, and dislikes and goes into war with the parts which are not uh, nice enough, one never gets a grip with reality, you see, very superficially we live, in concepts we live then, in our own ideas. One of our topic this morning was uh, training our that, that comes in here again, that is because we are not referring to the reality. So we will have to think a lot now. We don't get in contact with what really is. And if we aren't, so we will have to replace some kind 
and, and give us some kind of feeling of life. So we produce a lot of ideas and produce more because they run out quickly. They don't hold up, so we have to manufacture more. And some minds are really very, very uh, uh, artistic about it. And if you have stayed a little while with them, you, you kind of try to get out of that. Too much ideas, too many. So, and uh, well, one day we will have to, to, to see this all, really, for what it all is and how it is in us. And that, so that we get a, a, a real working ground in ourselves and uh, uh, sort out the things in the way they are. And that for that we apply mindfulness. Whatever way we maybe uh, we try to analyze about it is fine, but real mindfulness goes into it now. So, uh, so we will learn as we begin now to look at ourselves and of course we can look so much more directly and peacefully or protectedly from those many, many ideas when we take the mind over to a level of, of bodily sensations, of bare func body functioning, noticing the sensations of breathing, the sensation of life force. There it's not stimulated the mind. And what comes up now in the mind can be seen more clearly and can also be recognized because the mind is now more clear and more uh, able to perceive what is arising in the mind and can understand through better, through the better and clearer perception what it is, that it is all built up stuff. Hmm? And maybe not right away, but because we also develop right away, here's some tenderness in ourselves and more calm. So all that, what comes up, all these defilements, a few, ten is enough of the 84,000 to uh, um, really upset us and to turn the apple cart around. So um, then we begin to love ourselves, the Buddha says, then we, we, we become, um, somehow have the, in a wholesome way do, do we relate to ourselves. And like a, a mother um, at, the, at the risk of her life, it is said, loves and protects a child. In this way, we now uh, uh, turn to ourselves. Uh, and uh, if we want to have a relationship with ourselves <coughs> that is realistic and uh, somehow conducive for our unfolding to what our potential then we really need to become this mother. Yeah? Our own mother. You know, we have a very bad connotation also about this word mother. Tell you a story about it. I stand somewhere in Germany in a, on a very busy, in a very busy train station facing a very long flight of steps with a heavy suitcase and a and another bag in my hand. And so I stand here and my eyes are, are shiny, are shining out toward a young uh, a, a gentleman who ha will have, I would, uh, uh, will have that strength to help me. So there comes 
in a, a um, an African person and um, he looked friendly and I said pardon me and uh, so on I said would you be so kind and and help me along well he said why don't you go and get the other the, the white pigs over there oh I said well I, I I really didn't like to disturb you and I apologize I just thought um, you would like to help me um, and um, I don't know what else I said, I was very soft. And then he looked at me. <laughs> and walked down. On the halfway down, he says, you, and I talked sweet and softly, and uh, said how kind you are and appreciate it. And um, I just totally disregarded his statement. Hmm? Didn't defend, nothing. So he said, uh, you talk like my mother. I said, wonderful, how interesting, she must be a marvelous person. <laughs> well, he was so defeated at the end. <laughs> we, we parted very nobly and respecting each other and um, he disappeared fast. So you see, <laughs> so be that mother <laughs> to yourself. And uh, <coughs> this, um, so, and if, if remember, if it is a real good mother, <coughs> she also, she, if she deserves the, the name mother, she, uh, when the child is not behaving well and does some wrinkles and some, does some unwholesome things, what is she doing? She tries to help and she uh, um, uh, tries to even it out and even to the ex uh, expense perhaps of her life sometimes uh, or the, um, the, the risk of her life and she doesn't stop loving the child when it misbehaves in other words and she um, continues raising the child this is her commitment regardless what is happening so um, everyone, <coughs> so this is um, one of the most important part in terms of accepting ourselves to look into ourselves, to see this, see that what is in us uh, really and to, this, to deal with the realities, look at it re realistically. Everyone <coughs> at one time or another, we may realize once again, misbehaves everyone in thought in speech or in action is that true it is <clears throat> most frequently we do misbehave in thought hmm? that's the safest and fairly frequently we misbehave in speech one uh, 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 precept remember we were talking about it was right speech here so fairly frequently we misbehaves in speech and not so often in in unwholesome action not so often um, so what we do what uh, um, so what do we do with that naturally 
we, we continue raising ourselves hmm, and looking at it and maybe we can now really start growing if we have that under control that kind of reality a realistic look we, the boat is less rocking and uh, that's what we are uh, engaged in uh, in training uh, uh, our minds to greater mat to, to mature to bring force open up to our uh, um, potential to mature our wisdom because of the wholesome qualities and, and wholesome roots we have wisdom too but it's not mature enough and it gets crowded out and overcrowded and injured constantly by the negative and unwholesome ones so maturity is wisdom and uh, fortunately it does not connect <coughs> or connect to age if it were it would be easy we had some security we just wait till we get older you see we had some guarantee but it ain't happen it isn't that's this is so strange this life is überhaupt no is no guarantee it's really put a big load on us if we want to live humanly real humanly hmm? no guarantee since it is not it is hard work also to realize it and it is also to realize that it has to be done here a job has to be done here and that's why we do all these different things and I try to kind of uh, 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 give you hints and invite uh, and invite you to this uh, 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 curly cue and to this experiment, just to give you a, a maybe a greater skill to un to come to the reality, hmm? to see more truly or to mature. We can say. So we have <coughs> so in this process, the first stage is recognizing, and then learning. Uh, um, to understand, not to condemn, not to be attracted, to, and to understand this is the way it is. This is the <coughs> and then uh, uh, comes uh, the third step in it is um, is change, and we recognize um, that it is uh, uh, now the change is taking place uh, in the way we are putting in effort and. Uh, we begin to understand now what is going on in inside of oneself or in within ourselves, and then now it really becomes uh, uh, interesting. Um, it's a very interesting aspect in our meditation, or in any kind, in any way of growing, to 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 see and to begin to see how it functions, how we can deal with it, how skillful can we become, and with these realities to work and um, so that means also um, contemplating and, and uh, that means really meditating too and uh, leading therefore um, a life of meditation uh, doesn't really mean to sit all day I think uh, that's a good way to, to understand it's a very misunderstanding it's just only sitting that is important because to, to cultivate the refinedness in the mind to see that and have also the willingness and the skill to kind of look back and so a meditative life really means that 
one considers now <coughs> every aspect of what has happened, uh, what, what happens in my life as part of learning experience. And in this way we bring our practice very much into life. The Buddha said, eventually our practice, or first it said, is not dif different from the past, not different mm, from our daily life, but it is in a way because uh, we take some time out, but gradually we more and more make our practice also our life, and then life becomes real spiritual. It gets permeated from these energies which just look and see everything as an object for growing and understanding. And we remain in all circumstances somehow contemplative and uh, meditative and alert or mindful, we can say. And whether we become exuberant or we are jumping around or we are outgoing, uh, we have wild thoughts or quiet thoughts, we are in action or we are speaking, um, well, what we need is on one level just to recollect ourselves and to return. Wherever we go out, return. And uh, um, that is um, kind of um, a life, uh, what the Christians would call, <coughs> the Christian monasteries or in monasteries have called a life of prayer. But in our way, <coughs> it is a combination of meditation and of lifestyle. It's not something, I, I pray for this and that. It is a meditation, putting in our endeavors, and it is a lifestyle then. It changes and transforms our mind. So a meditative life, that means we go inside oneself, but not all the time. What well, yeah, actually we do, but it is not just referring to on the pillow. So it's um, a very important part to see it that way, our practice, Cor correct contemplation. The Buddha says at one point, uh, uh, our suffering, our disharmony, um, our confusion, also our ignorance is um, uh, also um, coming about and has come about because of the lack of correct uh, contemplation or co just contemplating our lives in terms of our reality, in terms of what is really happening. Hmm? And I introspective, uh, in, intro introspection, kind of look what I'm doing, recollecting ourselves, returning to ourselves, give ourselves a little bit time. And very, very little do we do. Even vipassana meditators only have it re re reserved for when they come to IMS. The other times they forget about it. Of course, it's difficult. But of course, I don't mean you. I mean those. <laughs> you don't do that. I know. So, so. Um, so, um, and that, uh, to that also belongs sitting still and uh, uh, watching our breath and staying in contact with our life force according to the systematic practice of mindfulness and uh, um, so that we um, 
can um, here develop that inner calm, that um, precision in our perception, and that uh, awakeness um, which is necessary to recollect myself in the middle of Central Station in New York, hmm? or on our meadow here when uh, we, uh, the whole bundle of 100 people is moving as a mass of creatures against each other or uh, coming toward each other. <laughs> you see them crawling there? So, and this kind of work, I assure you, will bring about deep inner security gradually. It, uh, which, which, why <coughs> it's, it's rooted, this feeling, um, this uh, security on reality, uh, rooted in reality. Many people, we all suffer from in this feeling of insecurity and wish to be secure more. Our doubts also is uh, due to this uh, insecurity coming from being separated, living in a world uh, away from reality, from the thing, things in the way they really are, living in a certain myth or daydreaming or in their specific designed la-la lands <laughs> or so. It's, uh, um, and hoping for the best. Hmm? That is the greatest bummer you can go into it, hoping. As long as you hope, you will, have, you will be a great creator of fear, because for that you hope, you, you somehow also know that it might not come into being. And if and, and or you may feel you may not be smart enough to bring it into being. Hmm? And all so fear is built in into every hope. So that is a real bummer to live in this way. Uh, and of course, there's not no other way uh, for us sometimes. No other way uh, when one is on this. Um, uh, above reality, on that level above reality living, you are just uh, shot out into the uh, domain of concepts and ideas. And according to our makeup and our experiences and maybe traumatic experiences and bad experiences which life always brings, and not understanding it and fearing them and storing them away and attaching ourselves to them, then where is there to go? We locked in. So hope. That's the only way. No? Don't you say, you say no? No, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, they heard. So um, that is uh, because it's promising. It's, it could happen, you see. There is a little bit of, a, of, a, of something to hold on. It might happen, although we don't trust it, but we give ourselves a little inner push and then we believe a little bit stronger or hope a little bit more. And uh, that also is exhausting and brings us inevitably, to, together with the fear, in, into fear and in disappointment, inevitably. The, fe the feeling of security arises when uh, one sees reality inside 
of oneself and thereby the reality of everyone else. I can see that in some and others too. And I come in, in, in relate to the other in terms of this reality. So that is a very nice uh, uh, balance bringing into our social interaction. We get freed here from expectations of disappointment about the behaviors of others. We are a little bit more open to possibilities which can bring disappointment for, for me if I uh, live with somebody. Let's accept now what the Buddha uh, kind of knew or the, the, the truth when he said everybody has underlying tendencies. And uh, so somehow we, we have some already develop, uh, uh, mentioned. Did I speak about the five hindrances? No, they belong to this, these tendencies. So as one is the, the world of our desire, sense, sense desire. And the other one, uh, our speculative views. I just mentioned hope and, and, and uh, different possibilities, what could be. We have a great uh, added uh, uh, skill in that also developed, uh, for, which is tied into hope, what could be. Hmm? High. And then so speculative views, we could say. Oh. And then another one, another tendency is doubt, skeptical doubt, critical doubt, uh, um, habit yeah, habitual doubt. Another one that might be for you interesting is conceit or arrogance. Me, you see, that's also there. We have all kinds, and they're all, all kinds of tendencies and and, and qualities of mi and mind functions, they are also conflicting, you know. We are longing for sweetness and humbleness and, and flowingness, and here we have also this. And that feels sometimes better than the other. And we get then also diluted, so we go that way too. But only when we are not really understanding ourselves, you see. So we, we become a victim, actually, of these, of these conflicting tendencies. And because there is no one to watch that, no. You know, in olden times of the Christians, they have God there to watch you. They have that authority. I accepted that wholeheartedly in my younger age. So, in, so in, uh, when I became a bigger child, 12 years old, through my whole uh, teenage time, and um, I don't know what I did. I I uh, uh, accepted that, but especially in my younger age, t 11, 12, I remember 13, 14. I had a very strong awareness of God being in the clouds somewhere. You know, I'm raised in a little village, somewhere on the Russian border, far on up to Finland, high up to Finland, far far east, um, where the wolves say good night to each other. So uh, there I, uh, you had better beliefs, there were not so much distractions. <laughs> and when you found that it was helpful, so you stayed with it. So for me, uh, uh, God was a kind of a figure, a, a very cloud-like, moving with great powers, where, and part of his power could always be where I am. 
so I would always kind not always but great deal sometimes I slipped under and hoped he didn't see me but uh, mostly I did have uh, this awareness and it helped me I, I, I didn't have many conflicts in my childhood in fact I did a good one um, I, um, I, I, I obeyed uh, that those rules which were given and he watched over me I had no conflicts and grew out of it until I began to ask who is God and uh, why is three, this Trinity and no one gave me good answer and somehow I, I, I merged into Buddhism, into Buddha's teaching and they gave me clarity for so many things I couldn't understand at that time. So, um, so let's go another, uh, to another um, tendency, doubt, conceit. Another one, of course, we all know this is craving, is intense desire. <coughs> And the next one is delusion or ignorance. There's no, just misinterpreting everything, not understanding. That is actually a collective term for everything. You see, whatever you do is due to our ignorance or delusion. So please find them in yourself. It helps. They are just a few branches of the three real roots. Hmm? They can they go to the number till fourteen, and that's all. And they can all create these different compositions of eighty-four thousand defilements. Hmm? Isn't that enormous? Only, only if you give the root for it, we have created. My God, whatever you what beautiful things, jets, and and astronauts can go to the to to other planets or to the moon. And, and what are oh, enormous big, uh, big buildings and, and, uh, and uh, uh, atom power and destructive one we can destroy half of the uh, uh, half of the world and maybe probably the whole world by now but we cannot destroy 14 or three three unwholesome qualities <laughs> roots of evil we cannot and that's interesting. In fact, they create all these magna, these monstrous things. See that? One other thing is interesting. It's not just we in the 20th century. Remember, the teaching has come about 2,500 years ago. They had similar problems. You see that? And they were very simple. They didn't have big jets. They they flew around in ox carts <laughs> over the surface of the earth, you see? So the, the, the primitiveness and the simpli sim uh, has nothing to do with that either. You see how we can contemplate life, how it makes us a little bit more, uh, kind of cools us out, just correct understanding. You have a hard time arguing all this, really if you have a decent mind. So, smile. That's all. Don't take it so serious. We all share it. We're all in the same boat, wiggling around. Some are a little more closer to the danger of drowning, and some are swimming better, and so on. That's the only difference, maybe. Smile. Well, when they come up, hello, dear old friend. I know your trick. I don't get me. You don't get me into your web. 
make your television show all the time a great great entertainment do not burst into tears feel overrun by them identify with them they are unwholesome qualities everyone shares them not your property they are not even you seen on the higher level they are mind stuff floating floating around wanting to express themselves too you know older people uh, talk about demons and beings and uh, ghosts these they refer to these buddha says they are impersonal qualities of the mind they float around they not they so persistent in you if you die and you don't have purified your mind they continue floating like a la- uh, mosquito larva or maybe more loose until it finds another body and can 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 wiggle again as hatred as jealousy yeah they are qualities which want to express themselves they are entities in a way yeah mental forces so to see them as that or demons or or ghosts the the mythology and buddhism speaks about them in terms of different uh, different uh, levels of existence six different existences i i can't uh, quite remember one is uh, the the brahma existence the very where everything goes already very floating and nice and and uh, it's not so much suffering and then there's an, an another one did no not yet and then comes the level of of human beings where there is suffering and uh, recognition that there is a better possibility and there is a worse possibility and then there comes and <coughs> they actually are functioning in us that existence the, the one is the, ex- the 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 level of um, hungry ghosts and that is greed anger hatred hmm? and you live in that these are hungry ghosts in us they want to exert themselves they need food so they they become greedy they express themselves greedy and you know to what we can be greedy practically to everything to every sense experience for more delicious uh, sounds for more food for more taste for more love uh, for more uh, ideas for more vipassana courses for more teachers or for for everything yeah the hungry ghosts and you live that oh. <laughs> you disappear in that totally the ghosts are doing it <laughs> enjoy it so so it's not so grim to take when you realize all these realities so then we smile say hello let's get with it now hmm so and that means working in the dharma and uh, and ex- expressing dharma working dharma you are the dharma you are the way leading 
to 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 uh, maturity, to wisdom. Let's call it wisdom. And it is um, uh, somehow, if you really work in that way, it's also it doesn't need to be grim. There is a sense of you. There is t- is space for sense of humor. I try to convey that to you sometimes. I take you out. And 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 you, you, we have shared something of that. You had a touch of that. And um, so um, we don't need to take it as a, a terrible, heavy, grim load on us now. Realize the realities, and and uh, understand and live uh, in in accordance with that. I think. We could go on, but I think that is enough, yeah? I think I have mostly explored that. There's always another thing. I think that's about the most important, what I think is good. So we can now, maybe this is a good thought, to see this process now of sorting out and to dealing with the reality, what we are doing, we are uprooting the unwholesomeness and we bringing order into the mind <coughs> and we open the, the and that that whole process can also be seen as a part as a process of purifying the mind. The the teachings of the Buddha, which are written down in that in in, in a book called Visuddhimagga means really the path of purification. Mm-hmm. It's also not so, uh, so such a good uh, a word uh, in our minds, but see the process and we don't need to fight the terminology. You see, that's not our concern anymore. Correct understanding doesn't, doesn't uh, get stuck anymore in the terms and, uh, you know, and, and and, uh, but can can go because uh, the it, uh, correct understanding leads us to the reality and to the process doesn't get us uh, um, stuck with the concept. Hmm? That means living in the concept. Yeah. So, and the, in that process we are um, uh, finding ourselves. And we eventually begin to see that all spiritual books we read and all uh, uh, seminars we go to and uh, all vipassana meditation courses, they talk about one and the same thing. And if you really get it, you are launched. You, you, you ter- have turned inward so deeply, you know what to do. You bow before everything. Everything is is sacred because everything serves you for awakening. Sadhu. Sadhu. in mind maybe uh, to read you a little uh, a little process of a person who writes occasionally 
some nice things in, in one of the most unimportant newspapers in the desert where I live. It doesn't cost even anything. It is a free paper. You can pick it up in the supermarket. It is called uh, uh, the free white sheet. The white sheet. Free white sheet. June 9th. High desert. So here he talks. And in it, he does. that is a person who does not practice Vipassana. It's obvious. But he is involved in this process of seeing more reality in, in, his own diff, in his own way, not according to the Buddha's teaching, but it hits home too. When you really begin to see deeply and turn, you are bound to see something more of the realities. Hmm? Would you like to hear it? Of a very ordinary person in the most unimportant uh, uh, um, newspaper, I think, in the world. I mean it, really. It is such a little schnu-schnu paper. Your secret place. When there is an emotional problem in you or in your family, when there is a physical difficulty in your own body or in the body of someone you love, when there is great political turmoil in your own country or in your own community, community, when there seems to be unhappiness between you and your closest friends, do not stay down in that low place and try to examine or explain what it is that is wrong. Get up in your own consciousness, get into your own secret place and say, now look here, what do I do here? How do I think about this thing? you too might realize why if I am in my own secret place there isn't anything there that is wrong at all. I am all right where I am, where I feel myself and hear my heart beat and if I am up to it I could be the cause and if I am up I could be the cause of everything involved my body, my neighbors, my friends, my breath, my companions, coming up also. When you are up, there exists a great power to bring others up too with you. But when you are down, you fall, fall down and you fall down with them, then you all fall apart. Remember, no one could put Humpty Dumpty back together. I don't, you laugh, I don't understand that. But I get a feel of it. And no one can put you or me back together. Sometimes, because we love people so much, we want to try to put them back together. We try every means we can psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, physically, socially, morally, morally fin financially, to patch people up and to put them back together. Yet, I have learned a great truth, call it absolute one or oversimplified. It is a truth that I can live and with and one. I know you can live with too.
when you are in your secret place in that consciousness awareness of your own continual knowledge about yourself, your life and your affairs, then no one needs to try to put you back together. You will be, to, you will be together all by yourself. In that Humpty Dumpty mag, uh, newspaper. <laughs> hmm? That's right, a very evolved being. Of course, people who live in the desert are that way. Huh? She tells me I shall talk about the desert now. We have talked enough. Ask me questions. Or for those who are leaving tomorrow, we may m give some time, Jane, in, in one of the places there, and you invite the 35 people who are leaving tomorrow and, and you talk about the desert. You're such a desert rat yourself. She lives more in the desert than in New York. So, um, that would be nice, would you, li would you like to do that? Yeah, I know you're very adequate in that. So, um, so you can hear about the desert and our desert place. And, um, What else did I want to say? Is anybody leaving tonight? No. Of those who leave tomorrow, isn't it finished tomorrow for the weekenders? Yeah. Oh, there's a news. i tell you that later. Let's not distract our mind now with the nice things we have here. Yeah? Fan yourself a little bit. How are you feeling, Sheila? Better. Right. Came out of your closet, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> so, now a little bit. Give the good energies to everybody. Now go with your mind through the, through the uh, walls, through the meadows to the skies, to everywhere. Come back to yourself. Be magic. Come back. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.